This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. Thanks for being back with us. Do us a favor. Again, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Also, drop us a five-star review. I know you want to leave Mo a four and me a five, but just make it a five. We're, we're, we're good. You know, no, no, actually, it's probably the other way around. But anyway, we appreciate that. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Hit the notifications bell so you don't miss a new show. Uh, and uh, we will make sure that we get to it. By the way, we'll have another mailbag show tomorrow, uh, excuse me, Friday before the game, another new show tomorrow, uh, Thursday edition. We went a day later today due to the roster moves and all that stuff. We wanted to make sure we got that all in for you guys, so we appreciate that. So we will have shows today, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, including a post-game show after the Raiders uh, against the Patriots there from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. So uh, thanks for being with us. All right, we're going to jump in now, too, and we're going to ask the question, are the Raiders all in? Are they all in on this season uh, to win now? And to do that, we're going to bring in our good friend Danny Heifetz. From the, he covers the NFL for TheRinger.com and also Spotify. He's also the host of The Ringer's NFL show and the Ringers fantasy football show as well. So Dan, you got to get you got to get Mo ready to lose to me in our listener fantasy football league because I destroyed him in the draft already and I know it's just the draft, but we got a lot on the line. Well, in my experience, the more confident you are out of your draft, the worse your team is and the people who <laughs> win usually hate their draft. So, thank you, Danny. You thank go. you. Danny, man, I don't know. Come one of, on. One of our top guests already. That was a great opener. I love that. You, you like Keep that me. one, huh, Mo? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, okay, so thanks, Danny. Now you gave him fodder. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> we appreciate you being with us. And we want to talk to you about this. I was fascinated to read your story. You guys went through and you created this index. And so I want you to first, from the, from the high level, tell everybody what the index is, how you put it together, and then we'll get into where the Raiders rank on that, and as well as some of the other AFC West teams because you have three of them there in the top eight. So tell us about the Ringer All Index. Yes, so thank you, Scott. So shameless plug, you can go to the ringer.com and read it, so you can scroll along if you want, if that helps. So the, the All Index is how all-in every team is for this season. We've heard it a thousand times that the Rams went all-in and won the Super Bowl last year, right? They traded away all their draft picks, seven straight first-rounders they traded away. They signed all these good players. They pushed all their debt into the future, basically put all their chips in the middle of the table to try and win last year, and they did. They successfully won the Super Bowl. So we kind of started thinking at the ringer, okay, if the Rams are putting all their chips in the middle of the table, 
How much are these other teams, the other 31 squads, all gambling that they can win? How much are they borrowing from the future to win today? So we wanted to kind of create this all-index, ranking everyone from 1 to 32, really asking how much of the future are teams borrowing from to win today? The Rams are number one. The Houston Texans are last. And we wanted to see where everyone is in the middle. That was our idea. The Raiders ranked eighth. But as you said, the AFC West was very clearly the most all-in. The team, it, it definitely, the price of admission, or I guess really, how tall you got to be to get on the roller coaster is certainly the tallest in the AFC West. There is no question about that. Yeah, no, fascinating stuff. But but talk too about so so putting your your chips on. I mean, we everybody knows about the Rams, right? They have no draft picks until Mo has grandkids, I think. So <laughs> it's it's like forever. Um, but I want to ask you this question: doing this index and knowing sort of how the NFL has has progressed over the years. Is this something we're going to see more of? Are because coaches, GMs, look if they don't get, if they don't win and win now, a lot of them are shown the door quickly. We see it all over the league. We even see it in college football now. Are you thinking that this is going to be more of the norm, or is it something that certain teams will do uh, because they're in a close and small window? Or where do you what do you think about that? What's your opinion? So I think that the answer is yes, but it's not going to be ubiquitous you know it's easy to forget you know the rams almost lost the super bowl and the rams would be pr look pretty incredible if the rams did all this and lost to the cincinnati Bengals of all teams and then they might look really <laughs> dumb so that's important to remember and the sustainable excellence that you see in teams like the patriots the ravens the steelers that's not going anywhere but you are going to see more teams doing this and to be clear what the all index measures teams really have two kinds of resources right to get players draft picks and money so half the all index is how teams are spending their money and half measures draft picks so for example when the Raiders trade away a first-round pick and a second-round pick to acquire Devontae Adams, in our all-index, that's shooting the Raiders up because they're mm. trading away a first- and a second-round pick, getting a 29-year-old receiver back. That's obviously a move focused on the present, to be paying a great player now a premium price instead of getting a high upside player at a discount. So that's what the all-index means. In terms of league-wide, unfortunately, the way the NFL rules work for the Raiders fans is it's easier for teams to do financially all in, which it's a lot of accounting rules I won't bore you with, but the, <laughs> the nuts and bolts of it is if you have a lot of money liquid to spend up front, you're actually kind of rewarded with that and able to push your debt into the future. It's like inflation, but in the NFL salary cap, no one cares about the accounting. What actually matters is that Mark Davis doesn't have as much money as other owners do, but the Broncos just got bought by the Walmart family. And so the Broncos now have $70 billion basically as a bankroll, mm. which I think is probably 15 times more money than like the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Chiefs families combined. So it's not like the one of the reasons the Rams were able to do this is because Stan Kroenke owns the Rams, has so much freaking money because mm -hmm. he's married also to a Walmart, the other one of the other Walmart heirs. So I think that's the immediate challenge you guys have is that the Rams uh, model is used by Denver. That would be scary to me. Danny, as a fellow writer over at Bleach Report, I just, I'm just curious, how long did it take you to put this together? Because there's a lot of calculating. There's some math involved here. There's just a lot going on. There's a lot of facts. And I, and I know I, I can appreciate a comprehensive column like this being done. And the second part of this question is, if you were the GM of the Raiders, is this the same approach you would have taken, the more aggressive approach? Let's say it's not Devontae Adams and you know signing him or acquiring him and then extending him, but... If you were the GM hired by the Raiders, would you have gone with the aggressive, the all-in aggressive approach, or would you have said, okay, the, the division is going to be very competitive. 
let us let us rebuild because fans of the Raiders and the Raiders fans were thinking, are the Raiders going to re-up and get players and win now? Or are they just going to kind of rebuild and take a step back with the division being very competitive? So that's a great question. I'll I'll take the first one first. So I, first of all, I have to shout out my my fellow. I I, I co-authored this story with Riley Mackett, who's a ringer uh, editor. We really can't kind of came up with this idea along with uh, Megan Schuster, who's also an editor at the Ringer. We kind of worked on it for six months. Riley did all, all the so fancy math. Is Riley? <laughs> Riley's working on like I I kind of we had a lot of input on. The financials because it's a little more complicated to figure out what numbers matter and don't but riley's like the whiz but it took us a, a, quite a few months to really put this together so i promise there's a lot of work went into it and we're not just shooting from the hip here to your question about would you build a team this way i actually am kind of going to answer this quite your question backward but i think it's the right answer which your question is basically saying if i were the gm would i be going all in to compete in the afc west i want to flip your question on its head if you're interviewing with Mark Davis to get this job and one candidate is saying we can compete with the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Broncos, here's my plan. And the other candidate saying we can't compete with them. You know, we don't have the foundation. These picks from Gruden, you know, that guy you paid all that money and all these picks you made kind of a waste. We should start over. Who are you going to hire? Mm -hmm. The guy's going to all in to win now. Definitely. Yes. So I don't, I, I just don't think that you're going in with that pitch. Like, unless you're taking over, you know, the, I mean, obviously Dave Ziegler came from the Patriots, Nick Casario, who also came from the Patriots going to get the Texans job. You could probably pitch a whole rebuild there. The Raiders, they're right in that middle ground. Right. So I think that you kind of had to be aggressive. And also let's be real. Like it's football. It's competitive. All the, you don't get to this level of the professional care what you do as a coach, as a quarterback, as a defender, as a player, unless you are competitive in your bones who wants to yeah. look at the Chiefs? Who wants to look at the Chargers and just be like, no, we can't do that. The Broncos are awful last year. Who cares that they have Russell Wilson? The Raiders beat the Chargers to knock them out of the playoffs. You're going to just roll out. Like, and the Chiefs, obviously the Chiefs have rocked you guys for quite some time, but they traded away Tyreek Hill. They got rid of Hill. You're adding Adams. It's like, no, you have to try. And so I, to be honest with you, I don't think it's going to work. But you, 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 you can't look at what is ultimately this kind of arms race and not participate. Although I do kind of wonder if they're bringing a gun to a bazooka fight. <laughs> well, talk, talk about that though, daddy. Cause you, you had in that top eight to you, the chargers and the Broncos, and you just mentioned the Broncos becoming the Walmart family, uh, um, jewel crown, uh, a crown jewel again. And, and when you look at that situation, you look at those teams, you look at the division, you look what the chiefs lost and what they're doing. What is it? Because we get a lot of Raider fans who, of course, um, always think that the Raiders aren't the last team in the division. But we also hear from a lot of folks, a lot of our colleagues like you who think, well, geez, you know, they're just not there yet. What is it about this Raiders team in the mix of those other three that gives you pause that think that makes you think that they are the fourth best team or somewhere around there? So I, I think that John Gruden botched this offensive line is number one. I think mm -hmm. that you're in it. Like, obviously the easy thing to talk about here is quarterbacks, but you're in a division where the chargers obviously, I mean, lost to the Raiders in that game is very, very close. It's an incredible game, honestly, but the chargers fixed all those holes, right? The chargers fixed their defensive line. They added Khalil Mack to go with Joey Bosa. And so I'm kind of wondering what does that game look like now entering this season? You know, the, the Broncos, you know, they added Randy Gregory, uh, the Broncos overall defense, their secondary is pretty incredible. And so I, I'm kind of concerned about the Raiders offensive line holding up. And then also, I thought it was really interesting that 
the Raiders gave Derek Carr this new contract. And in on paper, or maybe the headline you read was three years, like $120 million. That is not the deal that the Raiders gave the Derek Carr at all. Derek, I can't believe he saw he put his name on this contract. Derek Carr got like a four million dollar raise, but like Derek, the Raiders can cut Derek Carr next year. And take like a five million dollar hit. And I, yeah. I mean, it the it's kind of like the Raiders basically wrote a note to their landlord, letting them know that we might move out next month if we want to. <laughs> like that is contractually, that's what the Raiders did. And so what that tells me is, it's kind of like Josh McDaniels wants to take Derek Carr for a test drive because this is not the kind of contract. Like whatever Josh McDaniels said in the interview, you don't give Derek Carr this contract if you believe. And so I'm a big believer and you don't want to really want to listen to what coaches and GMs say. You want to listen to what they do. And the contract they gave Derek Carr means they're not convinced. Like they can say whatever they want. I don't care. You just get like when you basically structure deal to get out next year, you're not a believer. And that makes me pretty hesitant in what is otherwise like arguably the most competitive division in, in our lifetime. It's so funny you said it, Danny, because Scott just mentioned that today that if things go awry for whatever reason, they can just move on from Derek Carr and not take a big hit. And it's funny you brought that up. It's a big point to make, and a lot of Raiders fans don't want to hear it, but it's the truth. But I wanted to ask you about, before you put this together, was there any team that you were surprised where they were on on, on this chart, whether it's the top or the bottom? Because you can agree with me or not, but I look at the Ravens as kind of an aggressive team when they make their moves. I remember they acquired Marcus Peters, I believe from the Rams, and they're a team that they'll make shrewd moves that make sense, not necessarily spending a lot or giving up a lot. But I look at them as an aggressive team, so I was kind of surprised to see them at the bottom, but I know your, you know, your mathematics and everything checks out. But were you surprised by any team's place on this uh, index? I, I was certainly surprised by a lot. With the Ravens specifically, I think that the fact that they've saved money um, – really to kind of the Lamar Jackson contract not being signed yet. Right. Definitely like factors in the ranking, they'll shoot up. But also I think that it's an excellent question because what shocked me was certain, certain teams being not where you think. Right. So again, when we're saying all in, we're like, how are teams doing everything they can to try to win now? Like, are they borrowing from future? What's interesting is the, you know, you have group one is basically good teams that are trying to win, right? The Rams, the Broncos, the Browns for better or worse. Like those teams obviously are very good now and are using a lot of the future resources to get better. Then you have the opposite, you know, teams like the Houston Texans who are terrible, the Bears who are terrible, and they're acting like they're terrible, right? They're not trying to win now. They're trying to win later. They're getting future draft picks, all that stuff, not spending that much money. That also makes sense. The interesting is the delusional teams, uh, <laughs> like the Carolina Panthers ranking like <laughs> yeah. Buffalo Bills. That's unbelievable. I mean, the, the Panthers are basically at the same score the Bills do, and that's what happens when you waste a second-round pick to get Sam Darnold. And then after one year, you give up on him, but he's still your highest paid player this year. And then this year, you trade up, you basically trade a future third round pick to get Matt Corral from Ole Miss. Don't play him in the first week of the preseason. And then basically when he does, he actually ends up getting hurt. But even before he got hurt this week, he's probably going to miss the year. Matt Corral was going to be like their fourth quarterback. That's what happens when you're a bad team. Uh, the Saints are kind of delusional. But then the other quadrant is actually, I would say, the most interesting conversation in the NFL, which is the teams that are reloading that are really good. So the Packers trading away Devontae Adams to you guys, the Chiefs trading away Tyreek Hill and getting an extra first rounder and choosing not to pay Tyreek Hill the money that Tyreek Hill got. The Packers obviously choosing not to pay Devontae. And then like the Baltimore Ravens trading away Marquise Brown, getting a first rounder. What's interesting is all those teams are either playoff or playoff caliber or Super Bowl caliber teams. Obviously the Packers and Chiefs and the Ravens when they're healthy are probably all 
Super Bowl contenders. And those teams not going all in and actually doing the opposite. They're saying, we're going to double down on our Super Bowl window by reinvesting a first-round pick and getting more picks. Because we, the Chiefs believe every year they have Patrick Mahomes, they'll probably be in it. The Chiefs just went all in, but they have to kind of sow the seeds, right? You kind of let mm. a, maybe a field lie fallow for a year so that you can, you know, otherwise you're, you're going to waste up all the nutrients in the soil. The Chiefs kind of did that for the beginning of the Mahomes run, and now they have to resow. The Packers did that. They went all in and they had to cut Zedarius Smith. They had to cut a bunch of people. They're resowing the field for the next four years, that huge Rodgers contract he signed. And what's interesting is the Ravens doing the same thing. So, mm-hmm. It's such a different thing than what's going on in the AFC West where the Broncos pillaging their picks to get Russell Wilson. The Raiders, obviously, first and second for a receiver. It's uh, it's very interesting to see which teams are trying to be sustainably good at the cost of if you come up short, you're always going to wonder, could we have done more versus in the future when you're you know maybe not as good as you were a couple of years in 2024? You're like, oh, man, should we have used that pick? So it's just to each their own. There you go. So not only are we getting math from Danny, but now we're getting agriculture, which is phenomenal. <laughs> so it just shows the depth of the knowledge there with Danny Heifetz. Uh, Danny, before we let you go, a little wild card here, because, you know, we, Mo and I are always interacting with Raider Nation since we cover the team. And many of them are really upset and can't understand why the story of Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski being this close to signing with the Raiders is still a story. Would you explain to people why the media around the country too is talking about it? Because it is pretty remarkable that he almost signed and not a surprise that John Gruden poo-pooed it. Uh, it's a story because, I mean, it's incredible. And and sometimes it's never fun when these stories are making fun of your own. Dude, I, I root for the Giants. Like, it, it, it's never <laughs> fun to be the bunch of bag. I mean, from Odell Beckham on the boat to everything that happened with Joe Judge, I understand it's not fun to be the laughing stock. The Giants did a quarterback sneak on third and nine last year. I get it. <laughs> this is an incredible story. I'm sure that Derek Raiders fans, I know Derek Carr gets a lot of crap. I give Derek Carr heat. Like, I, I, I you know, I'm, but. It's incredible that Tom Brady referred to Derek Carr as, you know, I don't know if I can curse on this, but you know what he said? Yeah. Uh, I also think that this is an under-told story. I think that maybe locally, maybe people are sick of it, but when you actually, sometimes when story or drip drip, casual fans, it's pretty difficult to put all the pieces together. And I think that this story kind of coming out now, and I don't know if I'm going to call it confirmed, but it feels pretty confirmed if you put together what Gronk and Dana White talked about with what Brady has already said publicly. I mean, it's astonishing. I mean, it's an astonishing thing to think that John Gruden's ego, which, you know, for whatever you want to say, I mean, the fact that John Gruden turned down the Brady stuff, I I, I mean, sometimes things, you know, maybe seem a little too neat, but, you know, it kind of seems like a control issue to some degree as if Tom Brady coming in would want to do things his way. Uh, And then Brady going and winning the Super Bowl anyway. I mean, it's kind of like an NFL Mad Libs. (laughs) <laughs> made for like internet SEO. Oh it's unbelievable. Gosh. Yeah, it, yeah, it is crazy. And it's, uh, it's a story that many aren't surprised by actually, cause it was, it was rumored and talked about in Las Vegas last year or in 2020, I should say. And people were very quick to say, no, that's not, that can't happen. That's impossible. That's impossible. So the fact that it's out there again is really remarkable. But Danny Heifetz, thank you for joining us again. Ringer.com covers the NFL, also up on Spotify. Make sure you listen to his shows, which are the Ringer NFL show and, of course, the Fantasy Football Show as always, too. So, Danny, thanks, man. We'll get, uh, we'll get you back on this season, I am sure. We always appreciate you taking the time. Thank you appreciate for having it. me. I appreciate it. And, Mo, I'm rooting for you in the Fantasy League. <laughs>
Oh, appreciate you, Danny. He's been talking oh. crap to me since the draft, and I'm just like, Scott, Yahoo grades mean absolutely nothing. Nothing. Uh, by not the way, Yahoo. he had. By the way, he had the first pick in the draft, so he should be <laughs> What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I didn't want the first pick. I hate the first pick. Uh, but by the way, our producer, David Stepanian, who you know, Danny, is also in the league. He'll probably end up winning, and Mo and I will be sitting there uh, crying our tears away. So anyway, well, but you thanks, guys hit man. me up whatever for any advice or any players, and I'll make sure to give all the good advice to Mo, and I'll just feed like the fake advice to you, Scott. <laughs> Thank you. We, we will. We'll have, we're, doing, we're doing a fantasy segment every week, so we'll have you on for that one, too. I'm sure it'll be Definitely. good. Definitely. Perfect. Thank you, guys. All right, Danny. Thanks Appreciate so much, man. You. All right, there you go. Danny Heifetz from TheRinger.com and Spotify. Fantasy football ridiculousness aside, uh, Mo, interesting with the all-in index. I mean, I think I think that you've seen that. We, we know the stories of the Rams. You talked about what the Ravens have done being very aggressive and what the Raiders. Um, and I know some fans won't like what Danny said about the Raiders, right? He, they, they won't necessarily like the fact that he said that they might be uh, in, in a bazooka fight with a gun instead of a bazooka. But um, interesting there, and and certainly his point about the coaches interviewing and Josh McDaniels coming in an interview, you're not going to come in and say, well, yeah, we can't compete. You're going to come in and say we can compete, and and the Raiders sort of need to do that. It's going to be fun to watch how it all pans out. And I thought that was a great answer he provided about the interview because, and he said it too, he said, he pay, and I do the same. As, a, as an NFL analyst and writer, I do the same thing. Co- coaches and GMs will say a whole bunch of things. They'll tell you, they can get you the world. They can get you this, and we're going to do this and this and that. But you got to pay attention to what they're doing. When he talked about Derek Carr's contract, now I don't expect the Raiders to move on from Derek Carr because, like you, I think he's going to have a pretty good 2020 season, 2022 season. But as I said, and as we brought up multiple times, if something goes on, so if they don't like what they see out there, they can move on. I'm going to reiterate: I don't think that's going to happen. But the contract is set up to that. They have their options after this year based on what happens in 2022. And he brought that up. And I, I'm not going to speak for him, but as he mentioned briefly, he's he said, you know, looks like they're bringing a, a, you know, a gun to a bazooka fight. Now, a lot of people may may agree. And it sounds like if it, if it is that scenario, mm-hmm. maybe they regret going all in, even though Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziggler had to come in the door and say, look, we're going all in to try to compete with the Chiefs and the Broncos and the Chargers because you kind of have to say it to sell yourself and to sell your vision. But if, if the Raiders, let's say the Raiders finish 7-10 and 10 this year, yeah, then you're probably looking at, okay, do we keep the quarterback? Do we make some major oh, changes? Do we take changes. a step back and reload? You know, So that's a conversation to be had down the line. But as of now, as of this year, I think it was mm-hmm. the right decision, as he said, to go all in because you, you kind of have to. You kind of have to. And and you guys all heard it here. Mo said Derek Carr's done. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, some people will hear that. They, they tuned out yep. as soon as you started talking about it. Uh, yep. But nonetheless, but yeah, and, and I think that that's the key is if you had not gone all in, then what you're doing is you're, uh, to me, it's five years. 
because the way the Chiefs mm-hmm. are, the way the Chargers are, the way the Broncos have improved, you fall you fall farther back. And if you fall mm-hmm. farther back in that division, what are you going to do? Then you start looking at two and three win seasons if you really uh, go down lean and go very young. Uh, and suddenly uh, you're in a new location, you're in a new stadium, you're in a new city, you got a fan base that's hungry after 30 years. Not a good mix, so I fully understand what they did. Okay, we are going to take our final break here on Silver and Black today. When we come back, we're going to do a little bit of this and that. We're going to touch on a bunch of different subjects. We might talk about Tom Brady again, just to annoy those people who don't like talking about Tom Brady, my good friend Kevin Wynn out there, um, and others. But we will just do a little round robin and get loose and and talk a little bit about that. Also, reminder, a new show again tomorrow, and then on Friday Friday morning, We'll have our mailbag show, which has become very popular, and we continue to get international email uh, on the show with questions from Mo and I, so we'll answer those. And then on Friday night, we have a post-game show as the Raiders line up for their final preseason game at home against the Patriots. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. We'll be back right after this.